Let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 5. The precious Word of God, inspired and preserved to our hands and our eyes, a great blessing indeed. Romans chapter 5. The theme the Lord has given us at the present time is the assurance of eternal life. The reason He has written the Bible is to comfort His elect, not to frighten them, but to comfort them that they have an absolute certainty of eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ and God's sovereign eternal grace and the power of the Holy Ghost. Beginning at verse 6, I'd like to read six verses to you. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Amen and amen. In the sixth verse, we had no strength. We were depraved under sin and the enemies and rebels against God and His benevolent treatment of His creatures here on this earth. We were without strength. We had no way to save ourselves, assist our salvation, or initiate any effort toward God or comply with any requests from Him. In due time, the time that God had chosen, Jesus Christ died for us ungodly, weak, unable sinners. The confession needs to be made by all that scarcely for a righteous man will one die. It is a very rare thing that any one of you would ever die for a righteous man. The possibility exists that you might do it for a good man, but it's very rare. But, in distinction to that, because it enters into a realm that man cannot even comprehend, God died for His enemies. God sent Jesus Christ to die for His enemies. And so we have verse 8, that but, in contradistinction to the seventh verse, God commended or exalted His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we were without strength. None of us would have died for each other. But the Lord died for us in the Savior that God had sent. Now verses 9 and 10 have some expressions in them, some short phrases that add to their worth. And I hope that you will remember them. I've taught them to you before. Verse 9 says, Much more than... And verse 10 says, much more, and it says, for if. There's a benefit here that goes beyond the cross. And we want to see and remember that benefit because Hebrews speaks of that benefit. And You read those two chapters last evening. That not only did Jesus Christ die for us, but He has an ever-living 
priesthood to make intercession for us at the right hand of God, reminding God of the sacrifice that He has made for us in terminology that should help us realize that we have a mediator, we have a lawyer in heaven pleading our case. And that lawyer said that if you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father which is in heaven. And if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father which is in heaven, which should provoke us to want to confess His name every place that we can and to be unashamed of Him. Verse 9, much more than, with verse 8 having covered the death of Christ, much more than being now, present tense, being now justified by His blood, justification is an event that took place at the cross that was then true of Paul's audience and is true of us. We shall be, future tense, Saved from wrath through Him. There is a coming day of wrath. We shall be saved from it. For the Lord Jesus Christ who died in the 8th verse is now alive in the ninth verse and He's at the right hand of God making intercession for us. So it's much more than. Verse 10 is a further explanation of verse 9. For if, when we were enemies, verses 6-8, through eight, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, There's the much more again, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. If the work, the legal work of reconciliation and justification is already true, that Savior is alive at the right hand of God. He will allow nothing to happen to us. He is our mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. We shall be saved by His life. He died for us, now He lives for us. His death was a penal substitute for us. His life is the high priestly intercession that He makes to God. And look at 11. And not only so, as if the previous five verses were insufficient, and not only so, but we also... Meaning here's a different benefit to appreciate. We also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement. We have been put at one with God again. And the apostle goes on to describe what the first Adam did to separate us from God and what the second Adam did to restore us to God. And so finishes out Romans chapter 5, one of the powerful statements of the certainty of our eternal life by the grace of God through Jesus Christ's death and His life. Sometimes when you read the notes that come out from our church office, you will see that I refer to the life of Christ, the death, and the life. He lived a life of righteousness for us, which is applied to our account. He died a death of substitutionary penal punishment for our sins. And He lives forever to plead our case before our Father in heaven. And what a, what a sure situation we have. Amen. And throughout the book of Hebrews, you can hear the words, read the words from Psalm 110, that God swore with an oath, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so we have a high priest at God's right hand today, and we have such an anchor for our souls for those that have fled to Jesus Christ for refuge. Let us pray.
our Holy Father in heaven. We are humbled before these verses. We confess and admit and fully believe that in our first father, we sinned against thee. Against a clear warning with only one commandment to keep. With the tree of life freely given to us, we ate of the fruit that you had forbidden, and thus we transgressed the law of God and made ourselves sinners in our first father. And you in righteousness, justice, honesty, and integrity brought upon us the penalty of death. The penalty of spiritual death. The penalty of physical death. The penalty of the second death or eternal death. Heavenly Father, we are without strength, but we're thankful that in due time, about 4,000 years after the creation of the world and the creation of the first Adam, you brought forth the second Adam, our Savior, who laid down his life for us when we had no strength to help ourselves. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, that You are far different than we are, for there is barely a scarce chance that we would lay down our lives for a righteous or good man, but You laid down the life of Your Son. You freely gave the life of Your Son. You did not spare Your only begotten Son for Your enemies. And we're thankful that by His death we have been justified through His blood. We're thankful that our sins have been put away and His righteousness has been put on us. And we bless and praise Thee. Heavenly Father, we are even more thankful that though we have been reconciled, He is forever alive in heaven at Thy right hand, forever making intercession for us. We thank Thee for Him. We thank Thee for the plan of salvation and the scheme of divine redemption that you created in your eternal counsels and chose us as the beneficiaries of your everlasting covenant. We thank thee for the Lord Jesus Christ who by means of death put that covenant into force. For while a testator liveth, a covenant has no force, but this testator laid down his life that we might receive the blessings of the New Testament. Oh, Father, we are thankful. And we are thankful that He is at Thy right hand. And in His name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the new and living way by which we have access into Your presence, we come boldly. Yes. And not only so, Heavenly Father, we're thankful that we're at one with Thee again. That You are our Father and we are Your children. Part of the family of God, made at one by the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for that sobering, severe, glorious doctrine that as by one man's disobedience, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so we were all made disobedient. But so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Heavenly Father, this day, encourage our hearts and comfort us and increase our confidence that we have eternal life and we shall never perish. Bless us, Heavenly Father. Be with those that are preaching Your Gospel in other places. Let the Word of God go forth and return, not void, but bearing fruit. 
Heavenly Father, we're thankful for our nation. We pray for our rulers, that you would oversee them, that you would lead them and guide them, that you would protect and bless them in their homes and in their jobs, that they might preserve our liberties that we have long enjoyed. And Heavenly Father, let not us take for granted the privileges that we have, but use them for your greater glory and the furtherance of your kingdom, rather than our pleasure and ease. Forgive us our sins, Heavenly Father. How can we sin against such a glorious salvation? O Lord, keep us back from iniquity and incline our hearts to righteousness and godliness. Put a hedge about us, not only to keep the evil one away from us, but a hedge to keep us away from him and the world. Father, have mercy upon us. We are thankful to be in your house. And we pray for an outpouring and effusion of thy Holy Spirit upon us and in us and around us, that we will be lifted up in our hearts and minds this day and glorify thee acceptably through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's in his name and for his honor and glory that we have assembled as a church and in order to worship thee acceptably in spirit and in truth, we submit all that we do to thy holy gaze and we pray that whatever is amiss, you will show it to us and we will take it away that our worship will be pure in thy sight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.